Okay, so thanks for being here, Jess Tolson. Yep. Um, it's actually the first time you and I have met in person, so thanks for being here. Um, thanks for accepting the invite. Why don't we start with this? Where do you come from? Where were you born? Where were you raised? And yeah. then we'll take it from there. We're going way back. Let's go back. Okay, Let's so go. yeah, I was actually born in Walnut Creek, California, except for I don't know anything about it. I visited a couple times with my family. We left when I was two. My dad was working in San Francisco um, and we moved when I was two to Salt Lake City. Okay. And so I, I feel like I'm from Utah. Uh, and then I spent most of my childhood in Provo. I went to school and all my upbringing was in Provo. I attended UVU for like a year and a half. And then, yeah, I'm still in Provo. And you spent some time in Europe as well, right? Yeah. So I actually lived in Spain, Italy, Turkey, and Russia for oh, wow. 12 years uh, that's where I had my family and that was actually towards the end of that I had started Mixers and then 2020 hit and it brought us home from Europe. So what took you to Europe in the first place? Yeah, so my ex-husband was playing professional basketball over there. It was a really, really cool experience. My son that's now 12 was born in Italy and then I have identical twin girls that were born in Spain. Wow. And so we would spend about 10 months living over in Europe and then we would come home in the off season and spend two to three months here in Utah. Favorite country in Europe? Spain. Spain? Yeah. Why? I loved it. I, we lived in about five different cities around Spain. And everywhere I lived, it was like the people were warm. I did pick up Spanish so I could communicate. But then it was just a culture that was very... So you picked up Spanish when you were living out there? Yeah. Wow. That's I'm amazing. no longer... like I don't know that I was ever fluent. But I had to figure it out. I had to learn. I was uh, like alone with my kids a lot sure. and trying to socialize and be integrated in the culture and the community. Mm. I wanted to make sure I could talk with the other moms at the schools sure. or set up play dates or get directions to places. So yeah, I picked it up. So what cities in Spain specifically? Were you in Madrid? I, I never lived in Madrid. I lived in Gran Canaria. Mm -hmm. I lived in Malaga and I lived in Manresa. Um, and then we did live in a different city that's just like a lot closer to Barcelona. And those were just the different years. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So you were all over the place. Yeah. Um, favorite cuisine from Spain? Paella? Oh, well, <sighs> Spanish food, if we're talking food, Spanish food wasn't the best, but yeah, I do. I do like pa paella for sure. But then in right outside of Barcelona, they always have like baguette and then mm. you rub garlic. Yep. Have you had it? Yeah, For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, garlic, olive oil, and then they rub tomato on it. Ooh, the best. It's so good. It's so it's good. So, and I don't, it's so basic. And I don't really like tomatoes, but I could not have enough of that bread with tomatoes on it. Yeah. and Incredible. Yeah. The funny thing too is just the amount of times I'd go out to dinner and like lots and lots of seafood, which I do like seafood, but going to like Michelin star restaurants and they give you like bowls of little baby eels yeah, in yeah. it and you're yeah. like... Uh, yeah. but you know you yeah. just get through a lot of cuisine and things too that's cool so super well traveled you've been immersed in various cultures that's mm -hmm. awesome um in a previous show we talk about the more you travel the more it is fatal to prejudice like you just learn more about the world you, and in fact you learn more about yourself yeah so that's awesome that you're able to experience that has that helped you in being an entrepreneur yeah i feel like for me 
um, experiencing different cultures um, really opens up your mind to the fact that like maybe every single thing you know isn't just the only way. It's not that you're always right sure. <laughs> and that um, your traditions, like other traditions are beautiful as well. And I really do feel like I picked something up in every culture that I lived in that I wanted to bring back home with me. And I feel like experiencing all these different countries as well, it opens your eyes to, you know, different ways that families are beautiful, different types of friendships, um, different religious ideas and things like that, that I think have really been like eye opening for me. That's awesome. So at what point did you, let's talk a little bit about your current business. The name is Mixers, uh-huh. right? Beautiful name, fantastic name. <laughs> like I'm in love with the name. So I want to know how you, let's start there. Oh yeah. The inception of the name. How did it, how did it begin? Well, so I was actually still living over in Europe at the time and I was postpartum with my twins and like really struggling with what I now know was my hormone health, but I didn't know that at the time. And I started having conversations with as many different women as I could trying to solve for how awful I was feeling. And I finally had the right conversation with a woman that's now my co-founder. Her name's Cody Sanders. And she challenged me to more of a holistic health approach. So how did, how did you first meet Cody Sanders? So she's actually a family member, like a distant cousin. Okay. And so I had known her for years and years. But it was finally that conversation that someone gave me an idea of something I could try that was different than spending thousands of dollars on skincare treatments, changing my birth control a million times. Sorry, this is mixers. We talk all all the things. All about it. Yeah. And so she gave me this formula. They were actually in gel capsules at the time. And it's now that formula is in a stick pack. And what her dream was, was that it was mixed into water and that it tasted good so that women would enjoy it and that it was more absorbable. And so we we came up with every idea under the sun. And then one time in the middle of the night, I got a text from a friend that's like, what about mixers? Mm. You're going to mix products into water and they're all for her. And I'm like, that's it. Boom. Genius. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that one initial conversation that you had with Cody... Mm-hmm. Like at what point did you say this is a business that has a massive totable addressable market that's not currently being served? At what point did you start thinking business instead of just it being for you? Yes. Yeah, so she did challenge me with this with this formula and the gel cups. It was my favorite. She was giving them to me in Ziploc baggies, like hand. And you're in Europe at the time. And where was she? So she's in Utah. Okay. And she sent me on my way back to Spain. And she's like, here's these Ziplocs. You're going to take my formula. And she did challenge me. She told me everyone wants an overnight fix, which was myself included. Sure. And she challenged me to give her formula 90 days. She's like, I want you to try this every day. I want you to take notes on how you're feeling now at the beginning and take notes throughout the whole journey. And it was in the first month, actually, that I already noticed mm. some health improvements. But I thought for sure it was placebo. Like, okay, I'm taking this for these... Yeah. Mental, yeah. <laughs> for these specific symptoms. And so it's probably just me thinking that they're better. And then it was the second month that I'm like... There's no denying this. And I remember messaging Cody and being like, are you sure this is like, is this it? Is this it working? And she's like, well, 
read back in your notes and tell me how you feel. Like, is it different? I'm like, absolutely so different. And then it was the third month that I did. I called her and I'm like, Cody, I don't know what this witchcraft is because I wasn't into holistic health before. But I asked her, I'm like, what, what are you doing with this? Like, what, how have you come up with this? And she told me that she was solving for her daughter's issues and the struggles that she was facing and herself. And then she figured out how many women she could help with this formula. And she was helping like her neighbors, her friends, this formula. And I just told her, I'm like, Cody, the health journey that I've been on for the last four years, I would have died to know that this was an option. I don't know what this is because I'm not a holistic health practitioner, but I know it's changed my life. So how can we make this something that's accessible for all women to be using? And Mm. then that was when we set off on a journey trying to create a business. I had zero experience, but we did it. And that, that's, you know, that's incredible. It's, a, it's just so wild that the birth of a business um, starts with just this massive necessity. And then you were so passionate about the results that you were getting personally that you said, this can't begin and end with me. The whole yeah. world needs this. That's, that's, that's incredible. That's gorgeous. Let me ask you this. Cody's background. Yeah. So... She, she's created this magic formula. I call why, her why, a mixer's witch now. Yeah. So, but, but why did, how did she even do this? What's her background? What's her education, I guess? Yeah. So she's a certified nutritionist and she was helping women at the time with nutrition coaching, okay. exercise programs. And then she got really <clears throat> personally interested in holistic health by trying to solve for so many health issues that she was visiting doctors for. And like, we are all in support of doctors and medical doctors and the help that they can provide, but she wasn't finding the solution for her struggles. And so she went down a holistic health route and she now is a holistic health practitioner. She's studied Chinese herbs for years and years. And she understands herself, the power of like what God has given us. And so that's what, we feel incredibly passionate about is like, yes, there's this more medical approach. And then there's this approach of like working with what's at our fingertips, which is all these Chinese herbs, roots, plants, everything that, which is more preventative. Mm -hmm. It's just anticipating not wanting to get ill or to get sick. Usually when you go to a doctor, it's, I'm not going to say it's almost too late, but it, (laughs) it feels as such. Yeah, and I think something that I've really learned through Cody educating me is that a lot of what our approaches are is like a band-aid to what we're struggling with. I agree. It's not getting to the root of what mm. we're actually struggling with to solve and get the solution at the root cause. Yeah, I mean. And so, I mean, she helped me solve for my hormone imbalance, not just like mask it for some time. I mean, in the traditional medical field... I mean, this might sound harsh, but a cured customer or yeah. a cured patient is a lost customer. Yeah. So they, we almost want sick people in that field. But in the other field, it's let's take care of the root of the issue. Yeah. And let's create a lifestyle that prevents that from escalating. Yeah. And for me, I had had so many open conversations with women that were struggling with some of the same health issues. I just knew we had a, an opportunity to get women back to thriving. Mm. And so that's really what has been like my motivation the entire time is super mission driven. Yeah. Women have, we all do, but I feel like I relate to women feeling like we're constantly trying to nurture and care for Mm. everyone around us. We're expending so much energy. We're solving, we're caring. Um, 
And I just felt myself, the struggle I had felt with not feeling my best and trying to keep up with taking care of everyone that depends on me. And so for me, having women feel their best truly benefits, like it ripples down so much because women are such like they're, they're caring for so many people. No, I love that. So what year did Mixers begin? What year did you become incorporated? Yeah. So 2019, the very end of 2019. Per- perfect timing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, we're all trying to duplicate like the the 2020 like rush of the internet now right because 2019 the end of 2019 was when we launched we opened up i had zero budget mixers has been bootstrapped um i personally took cash and was like i I mean this changed my life so let's see what we can put into this so we launched it opened up a little instagram profile and it was myself and cody talking about this product and talking about PMS and talking about period health and hormones and it was pretty Mm. like um we kind of feel like we were the OGs of talking so openly was it a little taboo when you first started 100 percent 100 percent taboo but we saw traction like women were coming to the page and it was like we had no budget we weren't able to pay for anything we were just talking and being vulnerable and so women started coming to the page and it's a subscription-based business and we just started seeing women like highly engaged with what we were talking about. A lot of the like women coming being like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this list of symptoms you're talking about is actually my hormone health. I've been trying to solve for it in these ways. <clears throat> and so then we just started seeing this movement and we started getting interested in influencer marketing. I didn't even know that's what it was called. Sure. I just thought it was women using their um, profile to talk. And so we just invited other women to talk about it. And that's when mixers really started to explode. That's amazing. So 2019, and then how many different SKUs do you have today? Um, we have 15 different SKUs. Um, well, we have 15 products over 80 SKUs. Oh, wow. And then what's the, what's the, what's the product offering? It's so what does that all encompass? Yeah. And is it, and is it only for women? Men do love our products. Okay. Uh, but Yes, mixers, all of the products we have are specifically formulated okay. for women. So once we had this product, Her Time, which is still our pro- top selling product, women were coming to us feeling so much better and they were requesting like, okay, I feel better in this way, but n- and now I trust mixers. Trust, trust the brand, trust yeah. the results. Yeah, and because it's so personal to Cody and myself, we're like, we're willing to back our own product so much. Um, women were requesting that we offer other products as well. And so then we launched a greens product, a sleep product. We now have everything like a woman needs from sun up to sundown. And we feel like we offer the solutions for most of women's health concerns. That's amazing. And do you have more products um, that are coming yeah. up soon here in yeah, this we next do. horizon? Yeah, we yeah. do. In 2024, we're going to launch... Mm, about three more products. Um, And then we're, we're really trying to focus on just becoming a nationwide brand. And so we're just trying to scale our flagship products as well. And are you pretty much nationwide currently or are you? Yeah, Yeah, we do sell, we have customers in every single state, but obviously we have some states that are performing much bigger than others. What are your best states? If you don't mind me asking. No. Yeah. Utah, Idaho, Arizona, California, New York, Texas are top performers. Great. And then are you outside of the U.S. as well or not yet? 
We launched into Canada. Uh, the problem is like shipping costs sure. are so expensive. And the FX also yep. changes, affects it. Yep. And the, the struggle that Mixers does face <clears throat> is being a health product, going through all the different health departments sure. of different countries. So I do dream of the day that we're, I mean, I would love to get into Europe because I know that in Europe, everyone do, is more open to a holistic health approach. And so I feel like our products would be very successful in Europe, but uh, yeah, currently in Canada. Okay. Love that. So this is a loaded question. So I'll, I'll pre- preface <laughs> Buckle it. Buckle up. <laughs> no, it, it won't be, uh, it'll, it'll be still a softball, but the way I would ask it is, do you have, did you have prior business experience? Because your role is CEO, correct? Mm-hmm. Did you have, because you always, like life is business, like raising families, business, like yeah. everything is business. I love that you just said that. <laughs> Thank you so much. So did you have previous C-suite experience before joining the C-suite of Mixers? So all of my experience, I feel like mainly does come from being a mother. Oh yeah, I can which ha- is... I can handle, <laughs> I can, I feel that I can handle high amounts of stress. I can balance a lot of different people's feelings, a lot of different people's emotions. Um, I feel that that's really what I can attribute to my work experience because yeah, this is my very first gig. Um, Owning a business, running a business, even having a job truly. Um, Previous to Mixers, my work experience was being like a dance instructor. Sure. Um, But even like, my upbringing, I feel like a lot was expected of me and that my, my dad was an entrepreneur. And so I feel like I learned a lot through watching him and something I appreciated so much with my upbringing is like, I was always spoken to like, whatever you want, go create it. Yeah. And I always felt that I could create any opportunity just by the way my parents spoke to me. And but yeah, I, I mean, this is my first gig as a CEO. No, that's fantastic. And you know, you, you've had tons of experience. I mean, being a mom, being, mm-hmm. you know, a leader of a family, it's, it's tough work. Yeah. So, I mean, my wife's a full-time author, obviously full-time mom. And I'm sure that when she's writing and doing her public speaking, it's way easier than the duties and responsibilities of being a mom and yeah. being a parent. There's just, it's just nonstop. And yep. It, it's true. It's, it's, it's the highest form of leadership out there. And I, I say this, the scariest hood you ever go through is parenthood. Yeah. <laughs> like you never know what to expect. That like is every true. day is different. Every kid is their own world. You think you're like doing a pretty good job. And then you're like, what? What yeah. the very next day oh, yeah. you're like, how is this happening? Yeah. yeah. No. But I think something for me, like I'm very transparent with my team. I now have a team of 35 women that are all dedicated to growing this business. And I'm transparent with them about not having all the answers, but I always tell them, I don't have the answer, but I know that, I'll get, that I know shows I'll find massive it. intelligence and like, massive leadership on, on your end. Yeah. I I'm absolutely fine being the woman that has to learn, has to ask questions, has to figure it out myself before I can come back with the answer. Yeah. I think one of the highest forms of intelligence is actually saying and admitting, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because if not, you just have blind spots all over you and you don't allow others to come in for the greater good. Yeah. So props to you for that. Um, that's super exciting. Beautiful business. Beautiful like problem that you're solving. And it's just endless. And I know that you guys are just in the very beginning of something fantastic. 
So what are your what are your goals with the business? Like what's what's going on in the this next? is such a this is such a loaded question. I'm actually going to tell you this is the loaded question because sure. I do I I I feel like when I first started mixers and in 2020 we really saw some like uh, really fast paced growth. We're, we've been able to maintain that growth. It's, did, did COVID hinder it at all, or did it enhance? COVID it? just totally enhanced our growth because, because everyone was so, on their phones and they're paying attention to health more than ever totally and it was the time of influencer marketing mm. just blowing up because everyone was on their phones and everyone's looking to connect with other women and we're all like um in our homes isolated and so everyone took to the internet and everyone like you mentioned was very aware of their health and so we really saw some massive growth in 2020 and through the last couple years, we've still been growing quickly and I change how I feel about what to do with this business all the time, which I know someone with experience would tell me because I've been told this, like you better figure it out because it's, it's different to grow a business, whether you want an exit or whether you want to be this gen- this to be a generational business, but I don't have it figured out. Yeah, which is okay, point, by the way. Yeah, thanks. My advice is it's okay. Thanks. So for me, I have identical twin girls, which I mentioned earlier. And at certain parts of the business, I'm like, how incredible would this be for me to be able to raise my daughters within the business and have them step in if they want to step into the business and take over running this and have them be able to provide for their families as well. And it's super empowering space to be. I would love to challenge them within the business. And then there's other times where I'm, like how quick can I scale this do something like history making for women that's what I get excited about sure have an awesome exit and buy myself freedom in a lot of time love that so I I I do I I pivot between the two which I'll repeat it I I think it's okay and perfectly fine it also depends on how tired I am sure (laughs) yeah and it, it same thing I have a lot of different businesses that I'm involved in and it's okay to not have the complete certain answer mm-hmm. because it's it's a living, breathing, like, organism. Yeah. Like, today it's different than it was yesterday. Yeah. So, sure, we'd have to decide that path, but there it'll come in due time. Yeah, and I was having a really great conversation with a mentor the other day, which was, it's it's true. Like, it when I look at what has been created with mixers, like, I love that I'm sustaining 35 women's livelihood. Um, I love interacting with our customers and seeing their testimonials and how they're enjoying their products. I love challenging myself to improve the business and yeah, it's just, I think it's fun to just see, enjoy, enjoy the milestones. Awesome. What's been the most challenging thing that you've gone through after launching mixers? Oh, okay. Which one of them? (laughs) There's been a lot of challenges for sure. I think something that uh, has been a challenge that I think a lot of founders do go through is like the point you realize I can't handle all of this on my own mm. anymore. Uh, I Cody and I did run the business, the two of us with one employee for a solid like two and, and a and half years. And then you years. guys are both co-founders, correct? Yeah. And it just got to the point where I was wearing too many hats, uh, it, it felt like it was drowning me. I felt like I wasn't ever able to check out of like my mixers world and step into family world. It just was too much. And I think I did that for too long. Mm. 
and then hiring on a team and giving other women um, the ability to own something has been so beautiful to see. And I, it's not because I was doing it the best and that no one could do it better. It's like that's been the most beautiful part is hiring some of the right people. It's like apparent that they are better in that space than was myself. It, was it scary? Oh, absolutely. Because I didn't know how I'd even afford to hire employees, but you just trust in yourself, trust in your product, trust in the growth. And um, yeah, I've been able to sustain them. I love it. Jobs. I mean, that, that shows true leadership. Um, true leaders empower people around them. Yeah. Non-true leaders try to hoard the power because yeah. it gives you that feeling of significance. Mm -hmm. And I think some leaders, some founders feel like, well, if I'm relinquishing this power, if I'm delegating, are they going to still see me as that potent force that they need for yeah. all the questions that they always have? So just empowering is really the only way you can scale. Yeah. But it takes that higher level of leadership to be able to allow other people to come into the mix, mm -hmm. no pun intended, yeah. <laughs> and to be empowered to, 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 to take the company to greater height, heights. Yeah, I think something also that's been really fun is my team is the age range is around between 20 22 to like 26 years young old. young a young green team they are the most talented innovative hungry bold women out there awesome. and i think it's just so fun to see these women that are taking their first time jobs and me saying like okay take it and run let's see what you can create or women coming from other other jobs or other positions and stepping into mixers and they're feeling so grateful to be able to have ownership to be trusted with their experience to be trusted with their ideas and i think that that's just something that's beautiful to that's see because cool. then i feel like also they they trust me with my ideas they trust me with you know trying and experimenting as well do you feel like it's it gives you more power or more more of an opportunity just by being surrounded by women and not having a yeah. bunch of the other sex in the you room. You know what's so funny is like, in fact, a few months ago, someone said to me, they're like, you need to be careful with your hiring. I'm like, oh, I'm not being careful. We don't get job applicants other than women. But I'm like, we we would, yeah, we're open to it. But I, I think for well, me. Well, meaning I think it's a great thing because. Yeah. The entire team is like, let's go. We own this thing. We don't have to wait for some dude yeah. <laughs> to give us permission or tell us what to do. As a lot of traditional companies, the C-suite's full of men. Yeah. It's not full of women. I think something that is so unique and fun about the business is more than, I would say, three quarters of the team has joined the business by first being customers. Mm. Loyalty. So there are women that have purchased our products, have been given our product by a sister to try because they're struggling with, you know, something with their health. And then they become so passionate about they the products changing their lives that then they start reaching out and are like, hey, this is what I do. This has been my career. This is, I'm about to graduate in this and I want to be a part of this. And so it's the coolest part about it is that I have a team of women that know these products have impacted their own lives and the women right around them. So then they're so passionate about making sure that all women at least know about the product existing and at least know that there's an option for them with their hormone health. That's the perfect brand ambassadors. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So I did, I went to a conference and Michelle Obama was one of the keynotes uh -huh. 
It was here in Utah. I don't know if you went to that same conference. But after her presentation, there was a QA and a and it was a gentleman interviewing her. And the gentleman says, hey, we're in Utah. Utah's companies are highly um, filled with with men in the C-suite and in high positions. What can we do to improve adding more women into high executive positions and putting them in the workplace? And Michelle Obama's response was, well, the first thing you need to do is get rid of all the men in the room (laughs) because they're not the ones that are going to solve the problems of of how we can get into the boardrooms. Mm -hmm. So get together with women that are powerful and help have them help with the solutions that you need. Yeah. So again, I go back and I applaud you for having so many powerful women in your Mm -hmm. company that are the best ambassadors because they're consuming the product. Mm -hmm. Like they became a customer first and that now they're brand ambassadors second and they're working with passion. They're just not working for the paycheck. Yeah. Right. I love that. Yep. Okay. So what other, what other lessons learned throughout this journey? We have a lot of entrepreneurs that tune Mm -hmm. into the show. What other entrepreneurial lessons have you learned? And I define being an entrepreneur as somebody that's willing to escape a thousand plus deaths. Mm -hmm. So very accurate. Yes. What I are the think, lessons? I think a lesson that I've really like two things. One, I think it's great when you get to the point where you realize like you can have a circle of people or open your network and know that there's a lot of people you can go to for bouncing ideas off of, or this is a problem I've run into. What would you do or suggest? Um, and you can really be open to feedback I don't feel that anyone ever knows exactly how to solve for your business like you do. I run my business based off of a lot of gut instinct, intuition, what I'm feeling women need. And I know there's all the data in the world. You can watch your numbers like crazy. You need to be smart in those ways for sure. However, I feel something I've learned is that my intuition has been accurate Mm. for my business more often than not. And I don't want to lose that based off of, okay, now I've created success, I've created some success. And so it means that I need to just look to all the people that have had success because they know better than me. It's like, no, can I still continue with trusting myself, trusting my gut? So my advice okay. is continue down that path okay. always. I think that's fantastic because what sometimes happens is we think that at some point in the business when it's scaled so immensely, you no longer know how to run it that we some, for some reason need to bring in the guys from Stanford and Harvard and the wall street elites and all this stuff. And from experience, they quite often ruin your company because it takes away the essence. It takes away the true reason of why we're in business. You can't spreadsheet your company, you know, to, to victory. In fact, that's how you take a company to death. Mm -hmm. So, my advice is continue to trust your gut. If you want my advice. I want your advice. Continue to trust your gut because that's how you created the company. That's how you guys are dominating a space that's just untapped. It's blue ocean. Mm -hmm. And always listen to that and beware of people that try to impose their intellect upon you. Yeah. Because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. (laughs) Period. End of story. Yeah. And I think there's a way like as a founder and as a, a CEO learning, like I'm learning every day. There's a way to ask or receive you feedback, learn mentorship, for, yeah. you know, learn through mentorship and then also step away and be like, that was awesome feedback, but I still think this is right hey, and go with that. it. Yeah. And I think another thing I've really learned and had to learn how to recover faster from is failure. It's like failing quick, move on. 
we've had from the beginning of mixers just times that I mean, like I mentioned before, I've self-funded this. So investing in a new product, getting all the product, it had a massive typo on it. Her nightly was spelled her nickly. Um, I couldn't afford a rerun Mm. of the product. I couldn't. um, You just full send it? Yep. Full send. (laughs) The product, the formula was perfect. Nothing was wrong with the actual product. It just was thousands of bottles with typos on it. It almost becomes vintage. Do you know what the best part about that story is? is I just got on on launch day because I found it the night before we launched it. And I just was sick, sick to my stomach. I'm like, this is, this is, you know, four years ago. I'm like, this is going to put us under. This is the end. This is, it's been real, but this is it. But I just remember the night before being like, no, I'm pretty sure every human makes human errors. And this is one of them. I got on our Instagram the next day. I'm like, listen, here's this amazing product. It is the best. This is why I formulated it. I'm a woman that can fall asleep easily, but then I get a restless mind. My mind starts racing. I'm worrying about the next day. Um, I think I'm hearing my kids crying in the house and I'm just wound up. After two hours of being asleep, I'm awake and I can't fall back asleep. You get anxious, all the things. So I'm like, I created this formula because I need my sleep, just like all of you. And this formula has these ingredients in it that are so, so powerful. I've been getting the best sleep of my life. However, just got it. It says her nickly. Next run, it'll say her nightly. It sold out. I had I had about what I thought would be six months of inventory on it. It sold out in like six days. That's crazy. Just because women were right. We, we turned it into a game. Tell us the funniest mistake you've made. Tell us your typo stories. Tell us. We just engaged our audience and women were writing in just telling us their most embarrassing times. They've sent an email and sent it to 500 people instead of one and what it said. And, you know, those sort of experience that make us connect on like just not being perfect. You don't learn this in business school, by the way. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's that's brilliant. That's yeah. That would be business school class level 1000 plus. Yeah. So props to you. Congrats. That's amazing. That's a great story. I well, love I, that. I think what, what people want is... We went so, what we've seen with mixers is it's like consumers got to the point where we're so tired of being fed just another graphic, another ad, another buy this now, another like just, we, we felt like we, at least I feel for myself and the women that we interact with felt like there was, we lost human touch. Mm. And so with mixers, we're trying to scale a brand um, that yes, is a consumer product and also, we're humans running the business yeah, and trying al- to keep those two things married. You almost wonder what a Harvard CEO would have said. They might probably, have said, yeah, this, probably. Yeah, probably. Another, like, another thing. And no, no offense to Harvard, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Um, just another fun story is we launched another product that is in the hormone health space that helps women that are struggling with low libido. And there's so much shame and guilt sure. for women around libido. It's something that, you know, we're constantly kind of uh, like it's it's her fault for, you know, not wanting to be intimate. And it's like this so much shame is built around it for women. And what we've come out and, and educated our consumers about is actually your hormones are imbalanced. It's not because you're mean. It's not because you're not beautiful and that you don't care to be intimate. It's your hormones are imbalanced and that's why your libido is struggling. Mm. And so we've opened up the narrative and opened up the conversation for women around libido. And we launched a product 
Uh, it used to be called Her Love. Then I got a cease and desist from Trojan um, that they have a product called Her sure. Love's terrified me getting that letter, by the way. Yeah. Uh, changed the product to Her Pleasure. But what was so fun is in that we did a lot of, at the time, it was just what I knew how to do was like polling customers on Instagram, asking them through Google Forms and things about if they would ever purchase a product like this. We took it to the people that we were working with at that time and said, this is a formula that we want to develop. They were like, this is disgusting. Women do not want to talk about sex. This is, this is against the brand. You guys are going to ruin mixers by launching a product like this. Myself and Cody were like, no, we believe in it. We believe in it. We're seeing enough interaction with our existing customers. Just out of my own curiosity, was it more of a male cohort giving this feedback? It was all males. males. So they told us, this is just disgusting. Women don't talk about sex. And, and they said, men don't want their like women in their lives to be talking about sex. And we were like, and by the way, I know this is a business show, but like, here we are talking about this. This is live life by design show. This is all, all things go. So we're like, why on earth should women not be allowed to talk about their libido? We see billboards all day long up and down the freeway about men struggling with their libido. Why can't women be more open about it as well? We launched this product after like, we're like, this is our brand. Just make the product and get it to us. Launched the product. It crashed the website nine times in the first few minutes. We sold through, we did like free gifts with purchase. I got enough that I thought would last us like two weeks. They were gone in the first day. And then my favorite thing is that like we just saw so many women feeling so empowered by just the the knowledge around their libido and like shedding Mm. that shame and guilt and starting to feel better and starting to feel that they were connecting more with their partner because they were feeling more and like their hormones were balanced and it was working for them. And then one of the favorite things we've done with mixers that I loved was we put a billboards about this product all over the freeway and people were like you put a billboard about women and sex on the freeway like what and we're like yeah and the amount of women that have come and just said thank you for normalizing this conversation because I finally feel like I can I a have a product that's solving for it but b I don't feel so isolated sure. with these with these struggles like I'm not so embarrassed of it and ashamed of it that's that's brilliant. So you've created not just a product, you've created an entire movement. Yeah. Um, Tried to. Yeah. No. So l- listen, so I, I talk about third space all the time. I don't know if you've heard of this concept, but first space, second space, third space, first space being your home, mm-hmm. space number one, uh, second space being school or work. That's where you are when you're usually not at home. And then third space is where is that place where you reside, where you want to be mm-hmm. when you're not at school, when you're not at work, when you're not at home. Mm-hmm. Right. It could be at the gym. It could be with your friends. It could be, you know, at Zumba, yoga, basketball, whatever teams, etc. But it feels to me as you're talking that mixers has created this third space mm-hmm. where women have been empowered to talk about the things that have traditionally been taboo mm-hmm. that shouldn't be taboo. Mm-hmm. Because quite frankly, men have probably made it taboo and dictated a lot of what should be talked about and what shouldn't be talked about. Mm-hmm. And they have no business even rendering opinions on that stuff. Yeah. Has nothing to do with them as Michelle Obama mentioned in the um, Q and a. Yeah. And it, it really has been so beautiful to also see like we've 
definitely done our best and aren't anywhere near done normalizing period health, sure. talking about symptoms and pains and things that women. So Sorry, but you're going to love this. So my wife did her master's in fine arts in Vermont yeah. School of Fine Arts. She's an author, as I mentioned previously. Loaded question, but guess what her thesis was on? Period health. Yes. So you, you, you guys need to chat. Bestie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. And again, she was like, we got to get rid of this taboo. Yeah. Like, stop it. Like, yeah. this is a big topic where we, a lot of us suffer with a lot of the symptoms that we receive every, every freaking month. Yeah. Like, let's talk about it. Let's do something about it where we can improve our health. Like, we need yeah. this. Well, and it's not like, it's not women trying to all be like majorly feminist and men all hate us. It's like, it's just something that we're struggling with and something through mixers is that like, we I feel like we have been pretty open. Like we need men's help. We need to feel supported in of these course. conversations. We need to be able to communicate about these health issues. The traditional with, answer is gross. I don't exactly, want to hear that. Exactly. I don't want to hear it. Or is it, is it that time of the month? Or like, oh, yeah, you're in so such you, a bad mood. You must. feminist haters out there, don't be posting negative stuff. Like we're going to erase y'all's comments <laughs> in two seconds. So don't even try. It's going to be in vain. <laughs> um, but with mixers, we've seen so many men like step in and step up and just say like i'm so grateful for these solutions for the women in my life for my daughters yeah. for my sisters for my partner for like all of these men that are supportive of the movement yeah. as well it, it probably has created that third space for the men as well where they can actually talk about it openly and it's yeah and men actually feel grateful for the education that mixers is providing as well because a lot of men have mentioned to us like i just haven't known like I haven't known how to talk about it. Yeah. I haven't known what's going on. I have so I I think that yes, there's like a movement for women and we're like also feeling supported as well. Love it. Love it. Okay, so we'll end with this question. So the show is called Live Life by Design. And your answer can be on anything in the whole person paradigm. It could be something spiritual, something intellectual, something physical, some something social slash emotional. One piece of advice that you would give all the folks in the audience of anything on how you can live your life more by design mm -hmm. where you're actually dictating your life instead mm -hmm. of living a life by default where life is happening to you, not for you. Yeah. The first word, I'm not sure why this came to mind, but right when you're explaining this question, I, the word that popped into my mind was unique. And I think that this can be something in business. It can be something as you step into motherhood. It can be something as you're in a group of friends and socializing. I think something that I've really had to strengthen within me as I've started Mixers. And yes, there are other women's health businesses out there. But like trusting and developing like your own sense of how unique you are. What are you, what do you bring to the table that yes, other people have incredible talents and skills and abilities and social skills or knowledge. Like, what do you bring to the table that is entirely unique to you? What do you bring to friendships that is unique to you? What do you bring to your business that is unique to you? And I think that has helped take me out of the fear space of like competition or people that are like out to get you or those sort of things. It's like, I feel like I trust my own unique skills and abilities. Mm. Um, and I think that that is something that I would like to stay true, true to and challenge people listening to yeah. like really trust in themselves. As yeah. Well. That's a, that's a superpower. 
That's great. That's awesome. Hey, great, great show. Thanks. I'm sure we have a ton of uh, <laughs> takeaways. A lot of people are going to subscribe to Mixers. I know that for I a fact. I hope so. Come join. Yeah. yeah. Come join Mixers. We'll, we'll, we'll tag you. We'll do all the things that we Perfect. need to do to make sure that we can drive that traffic. But thanks so much for being on the show. You've been phenomenal. So many life lessons and business lessons and all the above. And for me, business and life, it's all one. Absolutely. It's all harmony. And yeah. Great job today. Thank you thanks so much for, for being me. a guest. Thanks, thanks for being on.